Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning into the Bible Plus podcast. Today we come to Hebrews chapter 4, and we want to see three matters in Hebrews 4. First matter is, is prayer, the second is the matter of the Word, and the third is the matter of Christ as our great high priest. So in Hebrews 4, the writer continues his exposition and comparison between the journey that the children of Israel in the Old Testament were taking out of Egypt through the wilderness and into the good land. And he's comparing that to the spiritual journey that the New Testament believers are taking today. And so the writer begins in verse 1, Let us fear, therefore, lest a promise being left of entering into his rest, any one of you may seem to have come short of it. Verse 2, For indeed we have had the good news announced to us, even as they also. But the word heard did not profit them, not being mixed together with faith in those who heard. Okay, so what's going on here? In verse 1, we have this matter of his rest. That's God's rest. In the Old Testament, God's rest was the good land of Canaan, which he told his people he was going to bring them into. Now, verse 2, the writer says, We have had the good news announced to us, even as they also. What is this good news? This good news is what God told them about the matter of him bringing the children of Israel into the good land. But that word heard, it did not profit the children of Israel in the generation that came out of Egypt. Why? Because it was not mixed together with faith in those who heard. Now, here comes the matter of prayer. So God said, hey, children of Israel, I'm going to bring you into the good land. But only two were brought into the good land, Joshua and Caleb, because that word was not mixed together with faith in those who heard. Now, How does a word that God speaks to us get mixed together with faith? This mixing process happens through prayer. Now consider your experience. Has God ever said something to you? I'm going to overcome this in you. I'm going to do this in you. Something like that. And after initially hearing it, you're like, wait a minute, God. Like I've been struggling with this for so long. This is just who I am. There's not the initial faith there where we really believe what God says he's going to able to do. But consider this. Have you ever had the experience of taking that word and praying it back to the Lord and praying it with other people? And in that process of praying over that word that God spoke, something rises up within, and then you find yourself believing, hey, God actually can do this in my life. That's what we're talking about here. This matter of mixing the word with faith so that God has a way through such mixing process to operate in our lives to fulfill the word that he's spoken to us. So this matter of prayer and praying back to God, what God says to us is crucial. So the writer continues, again, expounding on this matter of entering into God's rest. And in verse nine, the writer says, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. So this verse shows us Hey, the rest, which in the Old Testament was entering into the good land, that's not the real Sabbath rest. In verse 10, it says, For he who has entered into his rest, that's God's rest, has himself also rested from his works as God did from his own. Now, this matter of God's rest, we have to go back to Genesis 1 to see what is God's rest. Well, on the seventh day, we know God rested. What happened on the sixth day? On the sixth day, God made man in his image with his dominion. And this is what God rests in. God is happy. God is satisfied 
when he has a corporate man with his image for expression and exercising with God's authority, God's dominion. Now, who is the ultimate fulfillment of image and dominion in the Bible? That's Jesus Christ, who throughout his whole life expressed God and represented God. So God's rest in reality is Christ himself. And God wants his rest, which is Christ, to be our rest today. Now, the writer says in verse 11, let us therefore be diligent to enter into that rest. Let us be diligent to enter into Christ. It says, lest anyone fall after the same example of disobedience. Now, how can we be diligent to enter into Christ as our rest? I love how the writer in verse 12 brings us to the matter of the word of God. It says, for the word of God is living and operative and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and able to discern the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So like the Old Testament people, the children of Israel, they were journeying into the good land. And the parallel to that as New Testament believers is we are journeying into Christ as our rest, but we need to be diligent. How can we be diligent on this journey to enter into Christ as our rest? We need the word of God and not just the word in a general way, but a word that is living and operative and sharp, able to even pierce the dividing of soul and spirit. Now, why is it crucial to have the word of God divide our soul from our spirit? Well, where the children of Israel in the Old Testament with their journey, they slipped up because they ended up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And have you ever thought to yourself during your Christian journey, man, I'm just wondering right now, like, where am I going here? I don't know left or right, up or down. The pathway is unclear. I just feel like I'm wondering. Well, such a wondering takes place in our soul. The soul is the place where wondering in the Christian life happens, just like the wondering happened with the children of Israel in the wilderness. How can we be delivered from such a wondering, such a wayward path? Well, that's where the Word of God comes in, that's living and operative and able to divide our soul from our spirit. And when the soul and the spirit is divided by the living Word, we can get into our spirit where things get cleared up, The path becomes straight, and we can journey on into Christ as the reality of the good land to be our rest. Now, on this journey, we slip up. We stumble. We find ourselves entangled in things that slow us down. We we get discouraged, and we find ourselves hopeless. However, the following verses, verses 14 and 15, show us that we have Christ as our great high priest. And Christ as our great high priest is doing many things for us. And as our great high priest, some of the things he's doing is that he's bearing us on his shoulders of strength and also bearing us on his heart of love before God. And not only that, but he's also sprinkling his precious blood before God on our behalf so that we, we can be forgiven and washed from our sins And then we can have access to God in the Holy of Holies. Christ as our high priest is also praying for us 24-7, 
and ministering his life into us so we can be supplied to continue running the race. And Christ is our high priest. He has a wonderful characteristic. In verse 15, he says, we do not have a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all respects like us, yet without sin. So brothers and sisters, we have a high priest who can be touched with the feeling of our weaknesses and who has experienced every temptation that we have experienced, but has not sinned. So as one who can, who has experienced the weaknesses of the human life, the weaknesses of the human condition, he's so tender, he's so merciful, he's so compassionate. And as our high priest, through who he is and what he's done, we can have such boldness, as mentioned in verse 16, to come forward to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace for timely help. So when we find ourselves with our face on the floor, we need to look up and see Jesus Christ as our great high priest who knows our weaknesses, who has been tempted in all respects like us, but has not sinned, the one who's so compassionate, the one who's righteous, the one who's merciful, the one who's praying for us, the one who's supplying for us, and the one who's sprinkling his precious blood on our behalf. And with all these things put together, we can be filled with such boldness to come to the throne of grace, to come forward to God with an attitude of, I belong here, not based on our merit, not based on my merit, but the merit of Jesus Christ as my high priest. And in this place, we can receive mercy and find grace for timely help.